Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cult Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Welcome back. Uh, this is part two of our discussion on uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Uh, thank you for joining us. We hope you all enjoyed part one. Uh, I'm Richard. Are you trying to signal you know something to me? Or should I know? What's <laughs> uh, going on? No, I'm just pulling a little prank on our face. Go, what? What happened? Oh. Where, where's part one? This is part one. This is part one. I was just, mm. I, um, I thought, you know what? We haven't done a, a fun little intro to an episode in a while and this is of course fun vember uh we took a right. little break last week and uh probably take a little break next week as well but uh yeah the, this uh due to uh declining mental health and mm-hmm. uh and a, a myriad of other reasons we've decided to turn uh november um into yes vember <laughs> or i like to think of it as no bad vibes vember mm. i i also liked um someone on the discord suggested numb vember nice yeah a little more cynical which is what it, what it was um before we turned it into <laughs> yes vember mm. um or fun vember but anyway yeah this is this is part one of of us having fun so strapping <laughs> for some fun i've just taken off my hat and i've got a very sad looking hairdo because it's got, i've had hat here i've been wearing it on all oh, day it doesn't and, look sad oh well yeah, i fixed it now <laughs> um and, and what are you doing to inspire some fun well richard i'm aj by the way i don't know if you're a new listener hope you're having fun um this is but you better or you can leave this is uh, our show try try not have fun see what <laughs> this is our show film franchise fortnights where every fortnight we review a film franchise and in honor of this this fortnight's franchise which is cloudy with a chance of meatballs and cloudy with a chance of meatballs too i am honoring a little joke that we wrote next to that on our franchise list six years ago five years ago yeah, um when, when we when we wrote it which said um aj has to eat an entire thing of meatballs uh and we put that there because at the time we were recording in person now we record in different cities over zoom and uh we had this idea in the beginning of doing it so that different franchises would have occasionally there'd be like you know if we ever do speed we have to record on a bus and that sort of thing and then we just never landed on any of the franchises to which we denoted a fun thing to do a caveat until now in season six yeah yeah, because we took away all those caveats Mm. but we did that after we took two film franchises on the list off the list sorry so um 
I, I, I just like copy pasted all the two film franchises, put them in a separate document. So all the little caveats were retained. Mm. Um, so when we rolled, including franchises from that list last week or last episode, um, this was the one that had, that had a caveat that's mm. stayed there for six years. And by, by some, the holy grace of God, we landed on it. Yep. So I have got here an entire thing of meatballs. Very bougie, very expensive, to be honest with mm. you. Uh, meat, spaghetti and meatballs that I guess I'm going to be eating during this episode. That The the aroma is filling up my little attic. Um, and mm. I'll tell you what, I'm taking my first bite now. They're pretty good. <laughs> um, what I'll well, do is, I know we've in the past people have been like, "Can you please not eat or drink while recording?" So just know that I'm eating meatballs, and I'll cut out whenever I'm not talking, so you won't mm. hear me eating them because that'll probably be when I eat them mm. the most. But I will give you a little stir into the microphone of spaghetti and meatballs, so you can hear them. Can you hear that? And that's some that's some whap. <laughs> that's what good pussy sounds like <laughs> um what i was planning to do was the, so that you would start eating and i would be like can you not do that that's gonna be so annoying that's so annoying and like you honoring this joke i made six years ago mm. um and then <laughs> to me just being like can you fucking not can you don't so yes uh, as you mentioned we are here to talk to uh today about the two cloudy with a chance of meatballs films they came out in 2009 and 2013 um the first one which we will talk about is directed by a little dynamic duo called phil lord and christopher miller um who where could people recognize them from aj um probably the lego movie i'd say is they're probably their most well-known piece of media but i mean yeah yeah so yeah 21 and 22 jump street and yeah, they followed up uh, Clanning with the Chance of Meatballs with 21 Jump Street, um, Lego Movie, 22 Jump Street, um, and then um, they haven't made anything since 22 Jump Street. Um, well, <laughs> they almost did um, because they were, of course, fired um, from Solo, a Star Wars story, famously. Uh, they have produced a bunch of stuff um spider-man into the spider-verse mm-hmm. uh, which won them an oscar and uh the next film was called premonition a pandemic story um which sounds like a horrible idea but the thing about lord and miller their like their signature is films that sound like terrible ideas mm. uh cloudy with a chance of meatballs is a stupid idea uh 21 jump street a reboot of like a you know a beloved thing stupid idea the yeah. lego movie stupid fucking idea 22 jump street doing a sequel could never work and then solo a star wars story was like i mean it's a bad idea but the only people whose bread and butter is making incredible films out of stupid ideas are these guys so it was this weird weird perfect thing mm. um they're also um also worth noting um, in their, uh, you know, their, their back catalogue. Uh, one thing I absolutely love, which is finally coming back, which is Clone High from 2002. Yeah. Uh, they were uh, executive producers and creators with Bill Lawrence, who made Scrubs and Ted Lasso. Mm. So we've talked a few times on this podcast over the years about Phil Lord and Chris Miller and said the exact sentence that, you know, their their whole shtick is that they make good good movies out of bad ideas. But... I mean, this is the first time we've covered them on Film Franchise Fortnites. We haven't. They've only got mm-hmm. a couple. Well, I guess everything they've got has got a a sequel uh, or is it, as part. Yeah, of Yeah, although to be fair, we have covered into the Spider Verse, which was the, which they ah, produced. Ah, okay. Um, 
Well, still, they're, but they're, actually, they haven't they haven't made any films that aren't part of a franchise. Wow, there you go. And yet, this is the first like devoted. Mm. <laughs> I mean, and they didn't do the second one, so I guess it's just as yeah. valid as um, Into the Spider Verse mm. potentially. But still, I think two filmmakers that sort of they they I want to say they're important to me or important to us, mm. and it's it's not. It's not that they are necessarily, but it's more like their voice begun the sense of humour of the 2010s, or at least amplified mm. the sense of humour of the 2010s. And 21 Jump Street, I think, is a, is a, a seminal film mm. in, um, in like 2010s comedy. Yeah, and... I think therefore it is interesting to cover a franchise, particularly an earlier film they did, um, and talk about all that sort of thing, because the sense of humour that they helped um, pioneer has been and not gone, but it's certainly not this, you know, meta humour, which we've, of course, did our, I would say, famous video essay, but unfortunately, none of them are famous. None of our videos are um, famous. But that, that video essay I did a couple of years ago at the time was relevant. Like, it was like, these are relevant films, whereas now... Um, they are the 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 idea of meta humor while still exists people are getting sick of it and people want it to develop so even like i thought it'd be interesting to to look at cloudy of a chance of meatballs with that said in mind that it's like this is a sense of humor that when it came out was at the start of something big and now 10 you know how many years later 12 years since the mm. first film like now yeah. it's even just in, in that short time it's become a little like i don't know i'm not blown away by a lot of the jokes they, i think they're yeah, funny yeah, sure. but I'm, I'm no longer blown away by the jokes in these movies as i was hmm. the first time i saw them uh all right so um that was a nice little intro to what we think of lord and miller overall mm. but um you're clear with the chance of meatballs what is it about first of all aj if you'd if you'd f- put take the meatballs out of your mouth for just a goddamn <laughs> second <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is an animated children's film uh, set in a little town called Swallow Town. What's it called? Swallow Falls. Swallow Falls. Um, and it's about a young inventor named Flint Lockwood who has never invented anything that anyone cares about his whole life. And this town is built on a sardine-based economy. Uh, and then one day he invents a machine that can turn water into any kind of food. And it sky through a series of hilarious mishaps. It skyrockets into the clouds and it starts raining various types of food on Swallow Falls. And the very... Um, Jaws-inspired mayor of the town uh, sort of tries to use this to drive tourism, and you know what is what was once a blessing to the town of Swallow Falls becomes a curse when the mm. the food rain gets out of control. Yeah, is that good? Nice. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> uh, you can reward yourself with a meatball. Oh, yummy! <laughs> so this movie is based on a children's book. Yeah. Um, do you know, yeah. Do you know what year that children's book came out? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it came out in nineteen seventy-eight. Mm. Yeah. Um. So it's uh, yeah, it's a children's book. Um. About it's like a granddad telling sto- a story to his kids about the town or the the island of Chew and Swallow. Um, which is what they rename Swallow Falls mm-hmm. to later in the film, and it just it just mysteriously rains food, and the people there love it. They they don't have any supermarkets, they don't have any uh, malls, and they they love their economy. And then it starts to the food gets bigger. They they start having food based um, 
natural disasters much like in the film mm-hmm. uh and then so everyone moves away and gets used to eating at restaurants and and going to malls um and well, not message yeah, this book. children's book has yeah 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 <laughs> i'm trying to <laughs> figure that out <laughs> yeah well, i think it's just one it, 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 it sounds like susian in a way it does, of just yeah. like like here's a here's a world with something slightly different, but it got too much. Yeah, so it's about greed, greed maybe. But I mean, if food's coming from the well, sky, it's, it's not even necessarily greed. Yeah, that's it's like um, it's too good to be true. Mm. I guess. What's the art style of this book? Uh, I actually didn't see any. Um, like the, the the front cover is almost like Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. <laughs> um, like it's it's a very it looks like it's made from 1978. Yeah, okay. That's interesting because... And is Flint Lockwood a character in it? Uh, no. Really? No, so the, uh, other than Raining Food and the uh, the name of the town, there's almost no similarities. That I'm is sending you a screenshot crazy. of the art and I'm f- hoping that you will be um, better at describing it <laughs> than I. That's crazy because... I think the art and in this movie and the characters are so specific and feel like they come mm. from such a specific place that it's really interesting to hear that that wasn't just adapting elements yeah, from yeah. a storybook. That's yeah. crazy. The, the the whole thing in the in the um, book is as well as that like it's the sanitation department mm. that becomes overwhelming for them. Um, they clean it up and it rains three times a day and all the stuff. It mm. it sounds susical. I'm, How would you describe that art style? Yeah, it's very. It's just kind of like realistic. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's, kind of, it's like 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 very detailed newspaper cartoon almost. Yeah, but without the caricature. Yep. I would have guessed 2003 this book would have come out before seeing the art style and you telling right, yeah, me yeah. what it's about. That's insane. Mm. That that has blown my mind. I because there's just the, the, what it is is that the there's something that imbues this film and it's a feeling like there's a larger universe that it's building upon. Mm. And to find out that's not there or that it, they made it all up for the movie is is pretty interesting, I think. You maniacs! You made it all up! <laughs> I mean, good on them. I guess what I'm saying is a good thing. I'm just more surprised than I am impressed that it... Yeah. <laughs> like, if I was making this movie, I wouldn't think of such a crazy name like Flint Lockwood for the main... Do you know what I mean? There's such a voice mm. to this, to, to everything in this movie. That's crazy. Yeah. Good on you, Lord it's, and it's Miller. Whack. You've done it again. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, had you seen this movie before? Yeah. How many times? Yeah. And what did you think of it then? And what do you think of it now? Okay, I think I'd seen this before. I'm pretty sure Ooh, I don't. I don't okay. remember seeing it. I don't remember where I was or what the situation. Which is rare for me. I usually, you know, if I've only seen a movie a couple times, I remember where I was when I saw the second one, for example. But I must have seen it because I recognised a lot of the stuff in it. Um. I can't remember what I thought of it at the time, but I remember finding out it was by Lord and Miller after I'd seen the Lego movie, I think, and sort of right. reevaluating it. Cause so I guess maybe I didn't think it was anything that amazing when I first saw it. Um, watching it this time, I really like I 90% there. I think there's a few things in it that are, that are just like... Um, I don't know, maybe maybe the idea's too weird for me. It's too weird mm. for my kids kids movie kind of concept. For and, my kids. Yeah, for my children. Don't, I, don't, I would don't never don't show my children this. It's too weird. <laughs> um yeah, I don't I I'm not in love with it, I guess. I think I think they have better Lord and Miller have gone to create better things almost exclusively yeah, sure. from this. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, I I'd seen this movie 
maybe a dozen times um mm-hmm. i i fucking love this movie man I, I was obsessed with this movie for for a long time okay. and it's one it, it is it is actually like a genuinely a comfort movie it's a feel-good movie for me comfort um, I, haven't, I haven't seen it in a while and so it was it was nice to revisit i do like i i gave it five stars on on letterbox and mm-hmm. you know i'm, I'm that means nothing <laughs> but uh it, it is like it's more of a sentimental film in a lot of ways like i i think i picked up on what you're kind of talking about the whole like 90 percent there kind of thing mm-hmm. and i actually did really i think feel that in this watch that yeah certain elements it's like it, it's yeah it's it's it, it, like it's an introduction to to lord and miller more than anything mm-hmm. um what do you think it has on ron tomatoes um 80 percent 86 mm-hmm. so um yeah it's, it's well received but you know not not you know nothing mm. too special but uh, yeah one, one thing that i kind of picked up on that stuck out to me more this watch than any other is how how like screenwriting 101 it feels mm-hmm. it, it's a very like if you handed in this script for your final exam at um you know your film school you would get a very high mark because I think that's exactly what it is. Is that's maybe that 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 ten percent yeah. I'm not getting is that as as perfect as it is in all its ways, it still feels like an idea I was never that much interested in to begin with. That's just someone yeah. else took it and took it to full fruition. I'm like, oh, good on you. Yep, there's nothing wrong with it. I just kind of don't like well, the premise that I, much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But I think it's like it's very much like the. Um, all the like the things you're supposed to do in screenwriting are there and they're completely on the surface mm-hmm. you know like and and that's why you would get like a good mark for, i mean i'm sure if you have some pretentious film tutor he would be like um or she um <laughs> would be like um you know you needed you need more layers and stuff like that but just like looking at this script it's like it's got like really good foreshadowing and mm. uh the way jokes are like explained or not explained and when they choose to do that mm-hmm. is all very by the books mm. in a way um that like i you know i, I don't i don't want to criticize it too much because we've we've seen so many movies that needed that book that they're going yeah, yeah, too yeah. closely by you know like just doing the things you're supposed to do well and making it obvious that you're doing them well mm. is not a, it shouldn't discredit the film in any way but it, yeah it is i think maybe that's it's also just like this is the kids version of a tight script and mm. for like like what would there's um certain things like the mayor character who's um you, you know, you know this, he suffers from sorry to say a short man syndrome <laughs> and he's a very small guy and he's and he talks about like you know i want to be i want to be huge i want people to look at me and say that's one big mirror and then by the end of the film he's you know gorged himself on the food that's fallen from the sky and just become yeah enormously fat yeah and it's stuff like that that's like it's such an obvious uh, you know, like uh, uh, signpost for that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I watched this in two halves, which is very funny because um, usually I only do that for movies I'm deeply not enjoying. I just got, mm. I got. I actually watched uh, Cloudy Two in two halves. Oh, there you go. There, there's mm. a joke in here somewhere about like saving, putting it in the fridge, Left and saving it. For, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the I watched it. Eyes oh, bigger than your stomach. Yeah, I watched the first thirty-seven minutes. I think first. I know that's specific. Mm. It's because I specifically looked. Which is which is like I I looked at the the clock around that time as well and realized 
Because that's like when things start to go wrong. Yeah, and right? that's, that's what I want to say is that I think the second 47 minutes are stronger than the first 37 minutes. That's my <laughs> hot cloudy with a chance of meatballs take. I guess I really like the ending. I, it ends with them having to go up to the machine, which is hilariously called like the Flidurbadurgaver or something uh, like okay, that. Okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what it's called. Um, <laughs> it's called the Flint Lockwood Diatonic Supermutating Dynamic Food Replicator. Mm. And in any other movie, you would say it's called the blah, 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 or a cheese for short. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in this one, the acronym is FLDSMDFR or Flidsmidisfer. Flidsmidisfer, yeah. Well, I, I will say though, and I, and I paid close attention to this because I've never actually been able to pronounce that, but- Especially in the second film, the pronunciation of it is so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Even by it's not even just like other characters don't know how to pronounce it. Bill Hader, who plays Flint Lockwood, mm-hmm. his pronunciation is not consistent. And so I think it's just supposed to be this unpronounceable word. Mm. And so it's easy to just whatever the closest approximation you do anytime you try to say it, that's fine. And I will not have anyone challenge okay. us on um on the pronunciation. I, I love to tear you apart for your pronunciation, <laughs> but um uh not today. Well I think it's I, that's one of the things I like about it is they don't give it an easy to, pr- to pronounce name, and it's it's mm. not it's there's no point where characters like why don't you call it the the Lockwood Food Machine? It's like no, that's yeah. what it's called the whole series, and so they have to go up into the clouds and go into like this food based gauntlet to to destroy it all. Um, and I think that's all very very fun and epic and cool, and that's mm. where you get to as a screenwriter and you go, I can do a sequel to this. Because that feels like where it starts to change. And, and I really like that about it. Here's, here's, I think, what I don't like about this movie, if I may. All right. Lay it on me. I think, if, imagine if you you had never seen, um, I don't know. Um, Clyde of the Chance of Beavers. <laughs> um, Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, right? Came out in like- I, I wouldn't want to live in that world. <laughs> that came out in like 2006, right? Imagine you'd never seen that. You mm. go and watch it for the first time and a massive, massive joke, a massive, like, enduring joke from that movie is a bunny rabbit going, I like cheese, right? Mm. Imagine seeing that for the first time in 2021. You'd be like, this isn't very funny. This is this is the lol so I random th- I humor. think I would still find that funny. <laughs> well, I wouldn't then. And I think <laughs> well, the- I, I guess my palate's just more refined <laughs> than this. I think the the lol so random humor that plagued the mid-noughties that we now look back on and be like, lol to Penguin of Doom. And Inv- Invader Zim actually mm. is maybe a better example. Like, I love Invader Zim because because I was a lol so random kid and grew up with it. I th- I think um I think there are better examples than Invaderism. I think Invaderism are actually really clever. Okay. Um, and I think you actually have to have a pretty high IQ to understand Invaderism. <laughs> um, so what I'm saying is, like, I get that vibe from going back to this movie and seeing people make, make like, meta jokes. And I don't know. What's an example of a joke in this movie? I can't even recall any off the top uh, of my head. Well, well, one, um, <laughs> one joke that, as I say, I've seen this so many times, but one joke that, like, because uh, it's it's not a film I laugh at because I I know it so well. But one joke that really got me this watch is there's a bit where um, Flint makes it rain ice cream mm-hmm. or snow ice cream, I should say. And there's this aerial view of the street. Um, someone runs out of their house and jumps into some chocolate snow. And mm. then there's an aerial view of the street where you see that it's a Neapolitan um, mm. you know, on the street. And there's a bunch of kids playing in the chocolate. There's a few playing 
and the vanilla and then one kid runs into the strawberry and, and you just hear him go strawberry's my favorite <laughs> and i it got yeah it's so funny well, that's, that's, and it's like for some reason i've never picked up on that joke or i've just like it, it, it completely uh left my mind well maybe maybe it's more something like the characters like neil patrick harris voices a monkey that has a a machine attached to it mm. which projects its thoughts and that's very like oh yeah a, a six-year-old kid would find this funny and mm. like that's almost that's almost the six-year-old kid would find it funny that it's neil patrick harris <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and, but terry cruz plays like this cop and like all, all the what i'm well, saying well if he doesn't play it yet we're not talking about the sequel does he not play him in the first one no oh that that's interesting who plays him in the first one uh, I, I will talk about the cast. Okay, so. so my point is more that like a lot of these characters are the baby version of the um the thing people don't like Marvel movies for now, right? The 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 um the Neil Patrick Harris is a monkey. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, where are you gonna go? That's why Eternals how, is getting. How are you gonna? Fucking, yeah, I was like, how are you gonna yeah. undercut this? Are you gonna say, oh, because of all the gay characters and and ethnic? Um, <laughs> no, no. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, like yeah, you know, you were talking about Marvel movies, so of course I've got to do a classic Marvel undercut. Yeah, exactly. The, un- the Marvel undercut is what I'm talking. This this feels like the birthplace of the Marvel undercut, and I think mm. that meta humor is a little bit quaint now watching it and that's that's all and it's not even something i necessarily i shouldn't have said i disliked it it's it's just more like look what walked so that the lego movie could run basically i think is Mm. more what i'm saying yeah um now i did say i want to talk about the casting but my my comments about the casting are more of a second film thing so that'll be uh, that'll be maybe the first thing we talk about when we get to the sequel man what a good film (laughs) i love this movie man like when the spray on shoes at the start Mm mm-hmm what a horrifying concept <laughs> just like it's, it's it's a massive plot point of the film that he, when he's a kid he invented spray on shoes that you just spray this thing on your feet and it, it absolutely cannot remove them at all mm. um and they end up saving the day um but like did his feet just not grow or did his, they're did bigger they, at the end of the film yeah, so they the, grew with his feet i think it's mm. i think what disturbed me about it is just thinking about what those feet would look like if he got them off finally mm yeah i i had a, a cast on my foot very briefly um a few years ago and i woke up in the middle of the night and like freaked the fuck out and ripped it off i was getting it off the next day anyway well i i managed to sweet talk my way into getting it off the next day but yeah i don't, I, I i would cut my feet off if i if they were trapped like that mm. especially like because presumably you can't wriggle your toes at all right yeah that's one of life's greatest pleasures Next to, it is. Next to meatballs. <laughs> when I get new shoes and you can't like flick my big toe and my second toe mm. together to like itch each other, I, I throw those shoes right out. <laughs> but yeah, did you have any other thoughts generally about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? Let me just eat these the spaghetti. I finished the meatballs. Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, hey! You're not eating spaghetti on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't no spaghetti podcast. I'm um, on casting, which pertains to the first no. one okay i just thought i'd say i like i really like james khan as flint's dad mm. yeah we will talk about that that okay, is part sorry, of what sorry. i want to talk about so okay let me think let me think anything about the first one before we move I, I do if, if there's nothing specific to go on to and we you know when we get to the second film that doesn't mean we're not allowed to talk about the first one okay um but uh you know just just in the interest of keeping this um snappy snappy 
Um, yeah, we can move on to dumb IMDb trivia. And <laughs> I tell you what, there's a lot for this film. Dumb IMDb trivia. So if you guys go on to IMDb and you look up any given film, <laughs> it seems, um, and you go to the, <laughs> the trivia section of that film, you'll find a lot of trivia, which is very clearly written by someone who doesn't know how to eloquently or professionally write um, trivia or maybe someone who thinks something is trivia but it isn't trivia or maybe it's someone who noticed something and they want everyone to know that they noticed it it's often mm-hmm. it's user submitted so it's often very dumb and so we like to compile yeah. that on our show and make fun of it <laughs> um so a lot of these i think are done by the same person and i like i just they're not they're not the dumbest, but mm-hmm. they're very like, we'll see. So um, this is at around 38 minutes, that's a parenthesis, after the reveal, <laughs> Flint removes his hands and gets a good look at Sam. Oh, so we, we haven't mentioned Sam at all, but Sam's his love interest in the film. She's a um, meteorologist uh, intern who's assigned to cover um, the the. Well, she's she said to swallow falls before the food stuff mm-hmm. even happens. Um, and then ends up, you know, becoming a hit because she's reporting on the greatest weather phenomenon in history. Um, and yet it's revealed that she's a bit of a nerd. But yeah, so so Sam Sparks has this whole thing where she's like a hidden nerd. And again, actually this is this is one of the examples of the screenwriting one oh one thing I was talking about, is that you know, Flint talks about something and then she goes, oh, you mean like blah, 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 and speaks really nerdily and then goes, oh, I mean, it's shiny. And then it's this like reoccurring joke. And then Flint says, why do you always do that? And she says, do what? And he says, say something so smart and then bail on it. And it just feels like a the running joke is such like an, it feels like such an obvious one. And then also his explanation of like explaining it is just like, it felt like such a uh like an easy way to just articulate that mm-hmm. in a very uh, remedial way is the word i was looking for mm-hmm. um yeah so anyway this is the this, <laughs> this dumb idb trivia is about uh the moment where um he says you should you know you should dress you should wear your glasses and and yeah. try your hair up like you used to when you got made fun of for it so anyway around 38 minutes into the film after the reveal flint removes his hands and gets a good look at sam then his eyes seem to get bigger because his pupils dilate it has been proven by science that a person's eyes dilate by 45 percent when they see something they love just proving the fact that flint loves the nerdy side of sam <laughs> It's like cartoon shorthand. It's been cartoon shorthand since cartoons were invented. That someone's mm. eyes will go funny when they they see someone yeah. they like. That's dumb. I'm calling it. It's dumb. <laughs> At around seven minutes, the door lock on Flint's laboratory <laughs> is uh, operated by a 1970s Simon game. It's just yeah, it blatantly is there in the film. The Simon it's very easy to something. see. Yeah. At around 28 minutes. In one scene, a rainbow of little coloured bite-sized candies end in ch- ends in children's mouths. This is a reference to Skittles, a fruity bite-sized candy whose slogan is Taste the Rainbow. Mm. At around 57 minutes, these are all separate ones, when uh, Flint is in his lab visualising with a 3D holographic images, he's wearing glasses with red and blue lenses. The glasses are a nod to the original 3D movies from the 1950s to the late 1990s, which required glasses with red and blue lenses in order to make the 3D effect. Nowadays, movies use such as this film, use a different form of 3D technology that uses polarized rather than colored lenses. Mm. This film was released in 3D as well, as worth pointing out. Mm. But it's just like these things that are all just like, 
okay it's not trivia it's it's just Mm. stuff basic stuff to work out um Mm. that did make me think though this do you think there's any easter egg compilation videos from cloudy with a chance of meatballs where like but like in like a marvel movie you point out all the references to marvel comics but it's like if you look in the background here you can see a burrito (laughs) like there's like a food Uh, i would say there probably is for the second one that's probably true yeah yeah Mm. yeah good point um another couple more please when the flying car 2 starts to sputter manny says what is das which is german for what is that (laughs) (laughs) he's not even german Uh, yeah uh, one of the statues in the Jello is based on Michelangelo's David from the Renaissance. They say that in the film. <laughs> they say that in the film. Uh, yeah. Uh, so with with movies like this, um, uh, do you have any just like favorite jokes you want to you want to parrot back? I can't remember any of them. It's probably not. One thing that I've always wondered that is actually kind of answered in the second film at the start of the movie. Um, because Andy Samberg plays uh, Baby Brent in this film, who's like was the the face of Baby Brent's sardine. So it's mm-hmm. like this cute little baby mascot, um, and he's now all grown up mm-hmm. and um, still riding his uh, the fame of that. And at the start of the film, when he does the spray on shoes in class, you hear a voice go, "You want to be smart, but that's lame." <laughs> um, and he's like, "How are you going to get him off, nerd?" Yeah, and it's like it's very clearly Andy Samberg's voice. And I always did wonder were th- were they just like, "Oh, well, Andy, while you've got while we've got you in the recording studio, can you just do these like bully lines from the start of the film?" But then he's doing his baby print voice. Yeah, but then the second film does make explicitly clear that the that baby rent bullied yeah, yeah. Flint in school. So it's like, yeah, that's supposed to be him. Because because it, it also like it, it's I, I feel like if you go watch the movie looking for this, you'd be like, Yeah, of course it's supposed to be baby rent, but it's just it's just so fast and it's not for a film that lampshade that you know points out everything you're supposed to know and pay attention to, it doesn't with this one thing. Yeah, right. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Totally. Uh, I I love Andy Samberg's performance in this as in these movies. Do you? I don't I don't know if I buy Baby Brent. I, I certainly didn't want him to stick around for as long as he did. I I love that. I I I just think Andy Samberg doing that voice is just it just gets me so funny. <laughs> Fair enough. Just like his 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 real, especially in the year because because two thousand nine he was what was he still on SNL and I, I probably just left uh, Andy Samberg. SNL tenure. Uh, oh no, yeah, 2012 to 2012. So it's like he still had that kind of like, like really just yeah. annoying guy, and, and now he's like you know uh, Palm Springs, Brooklyn Nine Nine is like kind of can take himself seriously, but just like him when he does this voice, I just find so funny. <laughs> so yeah, kind of with Chance of Maples two came out in 2013, um, directed by Cody Cameron and Chris. Pern. isn't it interesting that they both have two directors and it's like i i think that's fairly common in, a, in animation true. yeah maybe that's actually why lord and miller are stuck together is because they so frequently go to animation that mm. like yeah i mean starting in clone high i guess yeah, yeah. Is, and yeah but yeah uh, cody cameron is uh he was like the storyboard animator i think for the first one and He's uh, the voice of Pinocchio and the three little pigs in Shrek. Ah, there you go. Yeah, so that's, that's that guy. Uh, what is this one about and what do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? So this one is set um, almost immediately after and um, 
the, basically the swallow falls has had to have been evacuated because it's overrun with food so everyone gets like put up in these temporary housing units in, in what looks san like fran san francisco jose. san fran jose okay um and we, we're introduced to a new character, which feels like they wish they'd introduced in the first film. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's sort of a famous scientist that um, Flintlock It's would. based on like a Steve Jobs. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it, apparently, it's an amalgamation of a bunch of blue jean billionaires. Right. So, which is um, a great term. Flint, Flint Lockwood looks up to him and then he tells Flint that he needs him to go to back to the island of Swallow Falls and turn off the because... Um, well, at least try. I said I wasn't <laughs> going to make funny pronunciation, but you've, the white... I did try the flip flip minister to go and turn it off because uh, it is creating um, sentient food. So sort of an, a, the, you know, the metamorphosis of food and animals. So there's, there's yeah. like legends tell of this cheeseburger, giant cheeseburger spider and cheese things, spider. Cheese spider. It, it's, it's an excuse to come up with a bunch of different food puns. Yeah. So yeah, you have like, um, shrimp chimpanzees and there's actually um a similar thing to the first film where um it's like the way they uh write things it's just like so they're they're going through and they go wow look there's shrimp no they're chimpanzees and they go shrimpanzees mm. and so if i was in that boat i'd be like shrimpanzees <laughs> and just like no my mind i was too excited but I, I would be going around being like chimpanzees um that's a kiwi because it's a yeah, kiwi yeah. and a kiwi fruit um hippo potato mosses my favorite one was water malefant <laughs> yeah yeah and the sub whales yeah <laughs> and it's like <laughs> yeah they're, they're they're not sub sandwiches they're subway sandwiches mm. for the pun to work yeah yeah uh so anyway yeah they they, they go there and then they it's revealed that chester v um, yeah, who's the, 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 the blue gem billionaire ha- uh, wanted to destroy the island and then um, well, did he want to yeah, destroy they, the island or did he want to repro- he wants to reprogram the flood minutes for so that it um, pumps out like I don't know he wants to use it he wants to uh, grind up the sentient animals into his right. um, his food bars because it is actually a plot point in the well uh, uh, um, in the first film as well that they um the food created by the flitzmitifer um tastes better than normal food and is also made uh, presumably in uh, it's chemical meat it's it's beyond mm. beef presumably um yeah and and the reason so the main characters who are all there switch on um chester v and and turn around to fight him because they're like no these are living creatures which i thought was a very interesting thing richard because you go oh what a wonderful plot point that like because they discovered that these creatures are intelligent and sentient they actually want to save them from being mulched up and then i realized that's just what an animal is. that's what food is <laughs> that's yeah. what food is so like this yeah. this film had this effect on me where i was like yeah this saving the animals i thought as i bit into the burger that i'd made myself for lunch then i was like mm. like the there is no difference between grinding up a water malefant and killing a cow to make a hamburger yeah. you know and i felt bad about myself <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is funny because some because someone pointed out like what what did all the vegans do during this mm. um and then someone else pointed out that uh yeah i mean they um it's it's 
no animals died to create it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we asked two of our vegan friends if they would eat the meat made by the Flitzmutterfer, and they they said they would. Um, mm. But then uh, when the when it revealed to be sentient in the second film, they would presumably be horrified. <laughs> As a wannabe vegetarian, it really struck a chord with me. Yeah, when you say wannabe vegetarian, mm. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, um, I have no self-control when it comes to eating, and if I try to stop eating meat, I I will have a physical and mental breakdown. Mm. I'm addicted. I'm not proud nice. of it. I think it sucks. I wish I didn't eat these fucking meatballs. Mm. I'm telling you this while I'm slurping like spaghetti sauce out of my fucking teeth yeah <laughs> um if only you could go to israel where the film is called it's raining falafel <laughs> um, but we will get to titles um that's okay. just a little teaser for titles. so yeah I, I i did say i wanted to talk about the casting because um the the cast for the first film is so fucking good mm-hmm. and then the cast of the second film exemplifies why this movie isn't quite as good. I do still really like this movie. I'd seen it one other time. Um, it was when I when I was living alone when we actually started this podcast. Um, up until the point where we started the podcast, I watched very few movies while I was living by myself. I, I watched a lot of Watch Mojo, mm-hmm. but just never got around to watching films. The two I remember specifically that I was like, I'm going to actually sit down and watch a film were Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs two and Are We Officially Dating, um, starring <laughs> Zac Efron. But anywho, the cast for the first film, okay, is uh, you got Bill Hader as Flint Lockwood, Anna Faris as Sam Sparks, Neil Patrick Harris as Steve, James Kahn, you mentioned, uh, as Tim Lockwood, Flint's father. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Campbell plays Mayor Shelbourne, who's the, the mayor I mentioned. Uh, Andy Sandberg, I said, as, as Baby Brent. And uh, not Terry Crews as Officer Earl. Um, who would you guess plays him in the first film? I don't know. <laughs> who would you say Terry Crews is doing an impression of? Oh, Mr. T. It's Mr. T, yeah. I did know that, actually. Yeah. Um, what, what happened also, was I forgot I saw Mr. T in the credits, and then when I watched mm. the credits of Cloudy 2, I saw Terry Crews' name. I was like, that was Terry Crews this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, you've got uh, Benjamin Bratt as uh, Manny, who's um, the uh, Sam's cameraman. Uh, and then you've also got Al Roker as the anchorman mm-hmm. of... Um, of her, the weather station, uh, Lauren Graham as uh, Flint's mother, who's a one scene, and Will Forte, who just appears throughout the film. Yeah, yeah. And has like a, a line or a yell every now and then. I think this is such a fantastic cast. Like, this was Bill Hader's first animated film, his first voiceover role, which now he fucking, he's in everything. If you watch <laughs> yeah, an animated yeah. film, there's like a 50% chance Bill Hader's in it. Bill Hader a, a, was a writer on South Park for a while. Hmm. a show which famously doesn't have other writers yeah yeah and he was just a writer with them Hmm. super super prolific uh guy now and then Anna Faris is great in this um but like yeah Neil Patrick Harris playing Steve this is like the peak of Neil Patrick Harris's star power from Mm -hmm. How Your Mother and just literally just Steve Gummy bears. Yeah, That's yeah. like his entire <laughs> script. And apparently he was offered Flint Lockwood, but thought um, Steve was more interesting. <laughs> what an indictment on the script. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, yeah, James Khan as the father, like James Khan, who we saw in The Godfather. Um, yeah, Bruce Campbell playing the mayor, and like Officer T, uh, Officer T, Officer like Earl, um, the police officer played by Mister T, is just such like a 
Like, of course you would love to get Mr. T for that role, mm. but Mr. T doesn't do shit like this, you know? <laughs> and so it was just, it was just so cool. And then Cloud of the Chance of Meatballs 2, um, you have Mr. T, um, I, I think, turned it down. Um, and then Terry Crews. And then our new characters, are, uh, Will Forte plays Chester V and Christian Schaal plays his orangutan uh, assistant. And it is just like, uh, like yeah, that's that's who you would get. There's nothing inspired about the casting of Will Forte and Christian Schaal. Like, yeah, if you're doing an animated film, you need a woman with a distinctive voice, you get Christian Schaal. Um, you... Like, it feels like you could have just done so much more with the enigmatic billionaire yeah, yeah. villain character. Well, you should have cast- Instead of just, yeah, you just get, oh, yeah, the, the, like, get, get Bill Hader and Andy Samberg to ask their mate. Well, and Will Forte also being in the first and he was one. It's in the like first when, one. Um, it reminds me of Rumpelstiltskin and Shrek Forever After, how he's just played by one of the staff and how it's like, mm. oh, I kind of wish it was a bigger name because that's kind of one of the fun things about animated movies like this is like figuring out the actors who played everyone. But mm. I think who, it's who would you cast as Chester V? Well, Cause a, 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 a Trey Parker was considered really Trey Parker. That's mm. so interesting. Cause he eventually went into despicable me three he plays the villain. Yeah. And that's like the one thing he's done in years. That wasn't South Park. Um, mm. I think that, that, you want to use the same casting call that you use to get James Khan for the, you want a mm. James Khan type to play. Like it's that whole thing we've talked about a few times now of like, get, it might've been on the Patreon. We talked about it actually of getting someone who's, you know, for lack of a better term, too good for this kind of thing mm. to do this kind of thing, I think would have been a much more interesting, um, you know, Chester V if, if you, because Will Forte is doing a serious guy voice. But what if you actually just get a serious guy, you know? Mm. Yeah, like I'm I'm looking at other 51-year-old actors now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, who else have we got? Um, Matt Damon, um, uh, Matthew Lillard. No, nah, but yeah, I guess, I guess like, I guess- Vince I'm, Vaughn. Yeah, maybe Vince Vaughn would have been all right. Like, I don't think Matt Damon's voice is anywhere near yeah. <laughs> notable enough to be like, they got yeah. Matt Damon's it, voice. I, I'm looking for that really, like, inspired cho- Like, um, Tony Hale would have been great, actually, but he's still the kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah Tony Yeah, again, I, I yeah. want more of, like, like who else? I mean, Robert Duvall. Like, get someone else from The Godfather. <laughs> that would make sense because then both of Marlon Brando. Flint Lockwood's father figures would be... From the Godfather. Mm. I mean, Al Pacino. Al Pacino would have been a great Chester V. Al Pacino would have been great, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> when in doubt, turn to the Godfather. But yeah, like, like I, I also think, like, um, Bruce Campbell as the the mayor is, like, because Bruce Campbell's such this, like, this distinctive, like, cocky kind of thing. And it feels like you would not even try to get Bruce Campbell, but you would be in your mind casting a Bruce Campbell type. Because mm, it's too making fun of kind of thing. Yeah, like, like you're getting Bruce Campbell to come in and say half of his lines scoffing down food, like, mm. like half of his dialogue yeah, yeah, yeah. is delivered like this. Like how and I've been then, talking up until now. I've finished yeah, exactly. my and, meatballs, And it's just everybody. like, uh, like that, it's such the special source for that first film, I think. Yeah. Um, that... It's it's missing in the second one. I would have me. taken who are Al Pacino, who mm. are stage of Al Pacino as Chester V. I think that would have been yeah. fun. Yeah. This is, by the way, our third uh, franchise in a row that either has 
um, Bruce Campbell in it or was going to have Bruce Campbell in it mm. um, because he was, of course, in From Dust Till Dawn 2 very briefly and was going to be in Phantasm 4 but was not. Mm. But out of the adult main cast, there's only two actors who we haven't seen before in film franchise fortnights. Oh. Uh, can you name them? Um, we haven't done an Andy Samberg franchise. Because mm, we realised that the other day. Yep, and we haven't done a... Have we done a Bill Hader franchise? We have. What was it? We've done three. Oh my God. Uh, the other one, I'll tell you, because um, I've got all the other ones that we've done. Uh, the other one is Will Forte. This is our first Will Forte oh, yeah. franchise. So uh, Bill Hader, we've done. He's in Monsters University. He's also mm. in, Getting to the, uh, in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, of course. Of course. And he was also, um, doesn't count so much, but he was a PA on Scorpion King. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Anna Ferris, of course, in Scary Movie, James Kahn in The Godfather, Bruce Campbell, um, who was in Spider-Man, Evil Dead, Dust of Dawn, and Herbie, uh, Mr. T in Rocky Three, obviously, um, Benjamin Bratt is in Doctor Strange, so he was in the MCU, Neil Patrick Harris, um, can you name the Neil Patrick Harris franchises? <laughs> Um, oh, oh, there's have, some of these I'm like see if you can get some of them like Harold and Kumar he's in Harold and Kumar Harold and Kumar is the, the obvious one there's four. Oh, I do not know the other ones <laughs> just tell me uh, he's, he has a brief cameo in Muppets 2011 oh, yeah. um, he replaces Tommy Maguire in Cats and Dogs and oh, right. um, he's in American Reunion oh yeah is he a, there's like a, 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 a playing himself in like a mm. real life um where are they now like so where we see where one of them is now they're on a show hosted by Neil Patrick Harris randomly mm. I had to verify because I saw a letterbox that he's in that and I was like the fuck <laughs> Al Roker even um is in Kung Fu Panda 3 and Ghostbusters 2016 Lauren Graham's in Bad Santa Terry Crews is in The Expendables Scary Movie 5 and Terminator Salvation and Christian Schaal is in Shrek Toy Story The Muppets and Get Him to the Greek is it Lauren Graham or Heather Graham? Lauren Graham. Re- I thought it was Lauren Heather Graham, Graham this whole time. Lauren Graham is um, Lorelai on Gilmore yeah, Girls. Yeah, yeah, Heather yeah. Graham I know. is, um, yeah. I just thought, I thought I mixed them up and thought that it was Heather Graham. The hangover. Provides background voices in the first film. <laughs> Who's also uh, in The Hangover. So yeah, yeah. Be, there you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so the casting is a bit of a downgrade, and I would have liked to see some more inspired casting. Who would you- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Of casters um, as Bob, the orangutan as well, if we're going with Sigourney Weaver. No, I I feel like it's not that Kristen Schaal is a bad voice. It's that I'm sick of hearing her her voice. It's just a, it's an obvious voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe someone like um, um, Christian Chenoweth. Oh yeah, that's a great call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. That's a Christian Chenoweth role. I mean, yeah, o- or, overall, or, even Jenny Slate would be like a. Oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 totally. Like, like it's a voice you hear a lot, but mm. is just. This, the this, the second number on speed dial mm. um for voice actor woman yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i think i think um 
that I agree that the cast is is downgraded, but I think what doesn't help is how weird the these collection of characters are across both yeah. movies like there's such it's such a it's such a lolly scramble of characters and i feel like mm. i don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing but i feel like they don't inform each other like you look at something like shrek and all the characters kind of like organically meet and interact and, and form a team or any other kids movie I, you could probably say that about but this i remember watching it and and they're, they're on their way to the island in the second one and it's it's uh flint lockwood um his girlfriend um the her cameraman baby brent who's now chicken brent and the the cop and it's just like why why would these characters hang out why you're only picking them up because they were the main characters yeah exactly (laughs) and 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 even in the first one it feels like they wind up together for the final leg of the journey by sort of like accident you know yeah yeah for sure um I, I, in somewhat of a sequel to our discussion on the first one being like a screenplay 101, I think in a lot of ways this is like a sequel 101, but a very specific type of sequel. Yeah, it's a good idea for a sequel. Yeah, it, it is actually. Yeah, I'll, 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 we'll give it that. And I, the, the, so the thing of like you mentioned it, and and I, I feel the exact same way, but the, the, like it feels like they wanted chester to have been in the first film because mm. you're introduced you, the film starts with like a flashback to like as the as long as i was growing up i idolized this guy chester v and it's like we see posters in the first film of the people he idolizes and chester v isn't one of them mm. um, because they hadn't come with the character yet but you have to be like no no he's been around since before the first film which feels like um such a a sequel trope to be like no no this thing was actually here first yeah and then it, so that you know if they made clatter the chance of meatballs three four five six you'd be like oh my god i can't believe chester's not in the first one because it's so integral to the character of Lynn lockwood he does die in this one one of the rare examples of an animated villain animated movie villain yeah literally actually dying. i had on on interesting imdb trivia that this is the first film produced by sony pictures animation in which the main antagonist dies which mm. is yeah, it's real. It's real weird that he dies. Um, <laughs> I like it because how does? I think yeah. it's cool. Because <laughs> how does he actually? Oh, he gets eaten by the cheese spider and it yeah. spits out his vest, and which he like pops into like a turtle throughout yeah, the film, yeah, yeah. and then it doesn't happen, and you're like, oh fuck, okay, they actually murdered this mm. dude. But yeah, so the, the also something that I I wa- was watching this film, I was like, man, this is such a sequel trope. Is the like new cool character that the main uh, character from the first film befriends and abandons their cohorts from mm-hmm. the first film um and then it's obvious like we as the audience obviously know that they have some nefarious purpose for turning yeah, the main yeah, character yeah. against them and it just kind of it's just one of those it's very much one of those plots where you're like can everyone just find out like like i've described with zombie movies that I get frustrated the first act of zombie movies because I'm like, can you just work it out already so we can get to the the thing? But um, and I messaged you saying that I noticed this, this is a sequel trope, um, and you were kind of like, oh yeah. And then I was trying to think of other examples, and I realized that actually every sequel to a Lord and Miller film does that, whether they directed it or not. Whether they directed it or not, because Clayton Chance of Evils 2 does it with Chester V. Uh, 22 Jump Street does it with um, Channing Tatum's New Friends. It's not actually as nefarious in that film, but it still allows you to do that those plot beats yeah, of, yeah. no, you have new friends. I wish we were still hanging out. And then also Lego Movie 2 does it with Rex Dangervest. Mm. And it also kind of does it with... Um princess queen whatever i want to be but then she, it ends up being the opposite mm. that she's actually 
not nefarious. Yeah. Um, a twist that yeah. I didn't really like in that movie, by the way. I thought it would have been better if she was just the bad guy. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't remember that. <laughs> I, I, I remember shockingly little about the Lego Movie 2 after you brought up her. she's like, oh, yeah. she's built up to be like this person who's clearly manipulating everyone and then in the end it turns out she just did want to marry batman she just was in love with batman and it's very mm. like i get it i get the message but i think it's not as compelling as just having her as a villain maybe anyway yeah anyway i agree it's interesting that that's um a lord and miller sequel trope which is a very specific thing especially because mm. they're, they're not always the ones to helmet and um, although they did they did write helmet. <laughs> they did write cloudy too i believe uh you believe wrong well they had story by credits or something story by credit um it was actually written by john francis daly and jonathan goldstein whose names you might recognize from knowing several people with those names in my life <laughs> um horror bosses um uh vacation that was their directorial debut um and then they wrote a couple little films called uh spider-man homecoming and game night they directed that there was a the second directed and game night is fucking sick game night fucking rocks it's good great comedy yeah uh they're doing the dungeons and dragons movie that's currently filming as well oh cool um the here's a fun thing that i've just realized as we've been talking about this in cloudy with a chance of meatballs there's a character named steve who is played by neil patrick harris and he's a monkey with a a a, a invention on him <laughs> that allows you to hear his thoughts and in cloudy with a chance of meatballs 2 there's this character named uh uh chester v who is played by will forte and is the the hero the main character looks up to but turns out even though he looked up to him his whole life ever since he was a kid turns out he's evil both of those plot elements are in up <laughs> pixar's up there is a there is a dog with a machine that allows them to talk and the big bad guy is someone who i want to say his name is also chester but maybe i'm misremembering um yeah i who, think you might just be remembering what you want to remember <laughs> well still he's he's the he's the main character's hero who ends up being a bad guy the very elderly main character's even more elderly hero charles months uh, is his name uh, is that christopher Pl i never knew that was christopher Plummer. yeah 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 um so oh, isn't it interesting, interesting because uh what um cloudy one and and up would have come uh, out the same out same year same year so you can forgive that one but then you get to this one i guess the the chester v thing and is a little more um that probably happens in a lot more mm. movies but the i did think the monkey thing was like ooh, that's very similar to a probably uh, much more famous movie than this oj mm. <laughs> mm. would you like to hear some dumb imdb trivia for kind of the chance of meatballs too yes i would love to yes i would love to <laughs> <laughs> so apparently did i tell you what this had in rod tomatoes uh no 71 percent oh it's dangerous mm. yeah i mean it's not as bad as eternals <laughs> not that i've seen it Aww. so um to be trivia there were 120 foodimals made for the movie but only 39 made it to the final film one of the foodimals that didn't make the movie was a fire-breathing tyrannosaurus rex s'more monster with a marshmallow body graham cracker mouth and chocolate teeth however this foodimal appeared in the id credit sequence so it was in the movie. <laughs> I can see what they're trying to say, though. But. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it was supposed to appear, yeah. But it's mm. just funny being like, this one didn't make the movie apart from the part where it was. <laughs> the BS USB, which is the device that needing to to turn off, which also another fun thing about the old little 
fun thing I noticed um, for the first time watching this is um, the, the I noticed it for the first time watching it this time on the first film is the like when he goes to plug in his cell phone the USB port um, just above it it says Welcome to Moose <laughs> a reference to Gene Hackman's final film Welcome to Moose Port starring Ray Romano uh... <laughs> which is just a fun thing to reference I've seen that, like I've seen that movie <laughs> I've never seen it yet. It's so funny that that's Gene Hackman's final. He's still alive, I'm pretty sure. That that's his final performance. That he's just like, stop making movies, um, and forever <laughs> and one a, of you know the the all time great actors. What um, a random movie to reference in be. your film. Welcome. I know. To yeah, that, that's, it, it feels like a yeah. It, that feels like a joke I would make. That's like we need to write something above the port. Oh, welcome to Moose Port. Mm. Do you know what the cover, the poster for Welcome to Moose Port is? Uh, yeah, it's, that's yeah, I do. I, I can picture it in my head. It's Gene Hackman and Ray Romano standing back to back with their arms folded, yeah. and hilariously, there's a moose head mounted on the wall behind them. So it looks like they have moose antlers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck that. It's so funny. Like, God, what is 2004 it? was the last time Gene Hackman was in a film. What was what does Mooseport have on Rotten Tomatoes? Someone got to recommend Welcome to Mooseport for um. Uh, uh, has 13%. Yikes! Uh, oh, I saw that before I knew how to <laughs> criticize media. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like it? No, I don't remember. I just remember wanting to watch it because I really liked um, Ray Romano. <laughs> I really liked everyone else. Ray <laughs> I would have been like 12 when I saw it. That's so funny. Um, it is fu- so. Um, I did like Eternals though, so get fucked, right? Like, what do what you do know? I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is funny how close. Um, Gene Hackman came to uh, Royal Tenenbaums being his final his final film, mm. but he's like, no, I'll do a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's he's also ner- very he's funny. Narrated a couple of documentaries. It's also very it's funny, funny how close Gene Hackman came to Ray Romano. They're practically standing back to back on the cover. Yeah, it Welcome. looks like they have antlers. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the the and um, the the BS USB is um, the thing he used to plug in to turn down the to turn off the Ford's metaphor. Uh, the BSUSB has a hidden meaning inside its naming, which is emphasized by Chester V. When Flit finds out the BSUSB reprograms the Flit's metaphor, that's what a weird sentence. BS is the acronym for bullshit. Yeah, that's that's made explicitly clear on the text for anyone over the age of ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, now this this that's my favorite type of of dumb IMDb trivia is this was made explicitly clear in the text. Yeah. <laughs> These are a, another um, a couplet of um, pieces of domain to be trivia, mm-hmm. which um, I, I'm sure were written by the same person. And this is the spoilers section. So cover your ears, please. <laughs> when on the island, they are chased by a cheese spider. When it corners them, it starts to scream at them. Brett, one of the characters being screamed at by cheese, is played by Andy Samberg. It, uh, his character's name is Brent, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, they wrote Brent. Um, that mistake was uh, theirs, not mine. Um, is played by Andy Samberg. He also starts as Johnny in the Hotel Transylvania franchise, where, when pretending to be a monster, he claims himself to be scream cheese intolerant when presented with a plate of screaming cheese. Wow. You know what? That's almost actually a piece of trivia. 
Yeah. That that goes through so many loopholes that I'm like, yeah, okay, there have been two instances where Andy Samberg has voiced an animated character where screaming and cheese is involved. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's not, we're not out of the woods yet. Oh, no. There's another piece of trivia. After their second encounter with the cheese spider, they observe the spider's web, which is full of uniforms. <laughs> Brett, so presumably the same person because they <laughs> also said Brett again, starts to freak out when he thinks that the spider doesn't like backpacks. Brett is played by Andy Samberg, who also plays Johnny in Hotel Transylvania. Johnny is known for his obsessive love of backpacks. <laughs> what is he? I, <laughs> I've seen the first one a long time ago. I do not remember him being obsessed with backpacks. He's what he's known for. <laughs> my god we should do the hotel transylvania series sometime someone should suggest mm. that <laughs> yeah it would have been a great one for um spooktober, spooktober but there was one just about to come out so it's mm. like uh. did that um f- uh fucking paranormal activity come out this is this is behind the curtain this it is this isn't front-facing cop option news it is but did it i don't know if you're wondering what we're talking about um oh it did <laughs> we originally rolled you didn't hear this because we cut it out we originally rolled paranormal activity instead of from dusk till dawn at the end of the evangelion episode yeah and had to roll again because unfortunately we would miss the seventh... there's a new movie coming out like a week or two later yeah it would have been just too late because it came out in november not october when you released no it came out october 29th ah, came out. okay never mind then never mind then <laughs> um so we talk about title these are the fun little piece behind the scenes trivia for you people always ask do you guys ever re-roll and it's like not for any juicy reason (laughs) not for any it's just that like it would be stupid to do a franchise Mm. like a a year before a new one sure but like a a matter of week 10 days it's like because even even if we were like well let's do something different and we do it for our second one of spooktober it still wasn't yeah yeah certain enough so there's your fun, juicy reason. Um, we talk about titles a lot on this podcast. This is a segment where we we talk about titles. Uh, what do you? Clearly, the chance of people is obviously quite a striking title. Mm. Um, one story I've been waiting all bloody week to tell. It's not like that interesting. It's not really even a story. But when this film came out, a friend of mine asked if I was going to see that new movie, and he thought it was called Clouds and Maybe Meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> and i thought that was so funny and i think about it all the time i mean that's what were the did they were they english as a second language because that's what maybe means (laughs) maybe means with a chance (laughs) yeah uh it sounds like a uh, it sounds like they read it was translated to another language yeah yeah and translated back cloudy and maybe meeples (laughs) (laughs) but um in uh yes another country they mentioned in israel it's called it's raining falafel in turkey it's it's raining kofta Oh well, there you go. Are they? Are the? Has the food changed in in the animation to be those respective foods? Well, you could probably not change it, and it would look like that. That's true. That's the the, the whole point of those foods. Uh, but also, the second film was originally announced to be called Cloudy Two: Revenge of the Leftovers. Oh yeah, I don't like d- ditching the title that to that degree. Mm, and just keep you one word and be like, this was the keyword. All I along. did. I think you could be like cloudy with a chance of hamburgers or, you know, a different food. Right, um, yeah. It would be an interesting way to do it. But here's, I, I understand why some people might like these titles. Here is, here are my, here's my, my, my AJ um, take on it. I think there, it's a good title for a picture book. 
I don't think it's a good yep. title for I a movie. I knew you were going to say that. I, like, I think that's, yeah. <laughs> Okay, in a good way or a bad way? You fucking no, it's cliche, just like, it's, AJ. It's, I knew you were going to say just, that, you piece of shit. It's one of those things where it's just right. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think, honestly, if anything, it's a little too... Like, I think maybe this is really boring, but maybe kids' movie titles need to just say what it is on the tin. Like, maybe this... this it's raining food! Or, I was, yeah, it's raining raining food or... Food rain. Food town. Food Island. Called the second one Food Swallow Island. Falls. Like, I just feel like... Chew and swallow. It's it's a very fun name for a picture book. I think the movie needs to explain what it is a little more. It's also like, I respect like picking, you know, the the title is two examples uh, it's co- it's com- combining the two main themes, which is weather and food, which you could have a mm. thousand different ideas for. You could say, you know, a, a south southwesterly of hamburgers, or you know what I mean. Like it's it's, it's <laughs> they they picked two examples from the respective ideas they were combining, and presumably they could go those ideas could go on for infinity. But mm. well, I think the idea is that you're supposed to hear the title and go cloudy okay with a chance of uh, yeah okay Meat- meatballs <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally. it's like the brave little toaster oh, okay. all right well all right but i'm on board goes to mars, <laughs> mars. <laughs> um and i think that uh yeah i think cloudy with a chance of meatballs is just maybe a bit too booked like because you know you know 127 hours that movie mm, with all the dogs <laughs> with all the dogs what are you talking about uh, the ones that are covered in spots <laughs> <laughs> god okay you were going for dalmatians okay um the the book that that 127 hours is is and it's a true story but it's it's taking mm. inspiration from the book is called between a rock and a hard place which i think is a better name for that story but i'm glad the movie isn't called between a rock and a hard place it's not a very mm. it doesn't promise action it promises what I don't know. It's a good book title, but it's not a good promises title. Promises boredom. <laughs> well, um, you also like is the, the book's called like oh no, it's like just called yeah, right. Yeah, I thought I thought it was one of those things like between a rock and a hard place, my life with one arm by Aaron <laughs> Ralston. But it's no, it's just that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So it's time for. Mm. Content- no, it's not. Oh, God. Normally it would be. Give me a goddamn um, But I, we're doing so. Do you want to explain what we're doing? Yeah, so we've got a new segment, everybody, that we, we are being paid to intru- include in every episode. Mm. And this is a new segment that we're calling Meeting of the Elders. Get you, Hello Fresh. If you want to get involved, so I wish it was sponsored. It's paid. not sponsored. Um, if you wanted to get involved in the meeting of the elders, you can actually do that by joining a new and improved $15 tier on our Patreon, patreon.com slash show, where you can become a cult elder. And what that does is it gives you access to a Discord a Discord channel on our Discord, which you can find a link to in the show notes, uh, where you 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 are a cult, cult elder, and we invite you to discuss what you think of the franchise of the Fortnite, whatever that may be, and you know whatever you say, we're going to read some of those thoughts and talk about them now. So it's almost like you guys can be part of the production of the podcast itself. In fact, it is exactly like that. Um, and so for Clay with a Chance of Meeples, it's the inaugural 
meeting of the elders so richard what what are what are people saying in the cult elders channel on discord what are they saying um all right so someone whose username is uh filet j mignon which is quite fun <laughs> said hey at cult elders please let us know your thoughts what on cloud the chance of meatballs what a beginning to the first cult <laughs> elders meeting <laughs> <laughs> um okay yeah um so sorry after that someone called uh filet j no, said, <laughs> said please <laughs> uh no. stop so, ruining um, our segment <laughs> uh dan dan noodle said tell your mom we said hi um which uh, will become very relevant later on <laughs> um um so uh pre for michigan uh or g gnome says uh haven't seen the movie but i need to i love pretty much everything lord and miller have put out and i'm so bummed they got the boot from solo so weird that they started by adapting such a basic children's book it, it is interesting like like seeing where they've come now and um this is something that i i somehow missed um in my research but um talk about them getting the boot from from solo that um after a year of working on the script, Lord and Miller were fired for story issues and replaced uh, with new writers for the first Cloudy, um, who after a year were also fired. They were then rehired in 2006. They completely redid the script, um, but this time with the creative input of their crew. Um, and then they were almost fired again uh, when Amy Pascal criticized the film for lack of story. Um, they, <laughs> although it succeeded on the comedic front in the animatic stage, um, Pascal cited the lack of an anchoring relationship as a failure in the storytelling. Unable to create new characters and environments to suit the story demands, they created uh, the character of a tackle shop extra to be the protagonist's father. Thereby creating the relationship Pascal had requested. Um, and they said it taught them two valuable lessons, um, their experience on Cloudy of the Chance of Meatballs, and that is the power of creative collaboration and the importance of emotion in a story. That's beautiful. And there is sort of a, um, there's a, a time as a flat circle vibe to Lord and Miller's career, isn't there? That you can, mm. that they get fired from their first project and their most recent project they got fired mm. from, you know. <laughs> mm. Nice. Uh, that's actually also, so when I was like, oh, I found this out, I had just seen the words that they were almost fired. I didn't know. <laughs> When I went into reading that, I didn't know that they had been fired mm. and I didn't know that they created the father character. So <laughs> um, I was able to learn something um, from that. Uh, Vincent, um, <laughs> this is quite fun. He said, same, he replied to that, he said, same, never seen them and will rush to watch. And then uh, a few hours later said, finished watching Meatballs 1 and man, this is good. This has taken the lead in my favorite movie directed by Lord and Miller over Lego movie. The use of colors and lighting is amazing. Sony computer animation really did great work over a decade before Spider-Verse. Also like how the only credits say it's a film by a lot of people. Uh, animation has so many unsung heroes and it is very nice to see, to acknowledge that. Uh, yeah, it's cool. The, the only credits of the film to say a film by a lot of people mm. um you know, and then the second one is another film by a lot of people mm. uh which i i remember see, when i watched cloudy 2 for the first time a few years back getting to that opening credit and being like i don't remember what this is referring to um <laughs> i think i find it interesting that vincent that you think that, that, that you'd say this is your favorite lord and miller film I think it's, it might be my least favorite. I think it's it still feels like it's them figuring out what mm. exactly their style is. I would say I I would still say the Lego Movie is probably my favorite Lord of Miller. Yeah, well, I like that. Um, it answers your question about what would it be like seeing this for the first time in twenty twenty one. That's um, true. And it's better than the Lego Movie. Yeah, I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, people talked about uh, 21 and 22 Jump Street a little bit then, um, but Dimitri uh, mentioned that the first one, Good Cloudy, is uh, such a great comedy and really rewards repeat watches with background details and jokes you may have missed. Mm. Um, I definitely agree with that. And he points out that the first Qualcomm, um, which is um, the abbreviation of this, which is, it's nice to have a pronounceable <laughs> uh, abbreviation, unlike Flint Smithifer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Qualcomm, um, Claire the Chance of Meatballs. Uh, so it's one of his girlfriend's favorite movies. I, I would have considered this one of my favorite, like, honestly like before re-watching it i would have been like that's one of my favorite movies now i'm like uh it's not one of my favorites but i will absolutely recommend it to you mm. i will i will tell you how much i love it nice but i it, it, it feels a bit disingenuous to call it one of my favorites these mm. days so continue the franchise thank this you cult a, elders if you want to get involved mm, jump on our patreon um, and join the cult elder tier. yeah yeah you don't you don't you don't have to not um <laughs> <laughs> continue the franchise this is a segment where we go over um, any continuations of the franchise that do exist and uh try to will some into um that's a neat way creation. of putting it uh, we should do that more often i what? love that just it, we've never worded it that way before will them into like existence <laughs> um yeah, i guess it is it is strange that they stopped it too i i am surprised they didn't mm. go three for or three or did they oh <laughs> so there is uh, a cloud of the chance of meatballs three um also known as cloudy three across the flu- food dimension um which is uh, a 2022 film uh which is described as an upcoming 2020 <laughs> american 3d computer animated comedy film uh to be directed by david feiss produced by pam marsden and written by michael mccullers okay. and this is on idea wiki <laughs> so not on I- a wiki where you can seemingly just put an idea you have. <laughs> but they, yeah, they they have who's going to edit it, who's doing the music, who directed it. Um, insane that this can exist. Um, and also that it has it also known as it's, it's mental. Absolutely insane. Mm. But there, so there are the two the franchises. There is uh, two sequels to the 1978 book. Um, there is Pickles to Pittsburgh, which I love mm. as a title, which is, um, oh, fuck, I, I didn't write down what it was about, but it's, um, that it's like the grandpa for the first film claims to go to the, it's, it's, they're all about like, you know, right. which came out in 1997. And then, uh, a third book entitled, so you've got Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Pickles to Pittsburgh, and then Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 3, Planet of the Pies, which came out in 2013. <laughs> um... Oh, and that's God. about a dream he had where he goes to Planets Full Pies. What a horrible title for a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there is a TV series. Um, yeah, Clay there's a, of there's a lot called. of episodes. There's 104 episodes. Jesus um, it's Christ. It's on Netflix um, uh, in a lot of places. I think the first season. Um, but also, if you go and watch it on Netflix, the episodes are out and not in the correct order. Uh-huh. But um, I watched uh, all of them. Really? uh no i watched three of them um (laughs) um, we can't keep doing this we can't keep watching i know yeah yeah (laughs) um so the um what that that curse was lifted with um from dust to dawn not happy to watch them because (laughs) yeah fuck no shit (laughs) um but i did i did watch um so it's animation style is different it's like um 2d animated Mm -hmm. and 
Yeah, some 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 fun has had with the character designs. It's a prequel featuring the high school years of Flint Lockwood, um, who is um, joined by um, you know we see Flint's dad, uh, Tim, um, Steve the monkey. Um, uh, Manny is the head of the school's AV club. Um, the cameraman, uh, Earl's the school gym teacher, which he actually originally was. Uh, the original plan for the first movie is that he was going to be part time gym teacher, part time cop. Um, they decided the to write shots. out the. That's why he was the short shots. They wrote out the, the the subplot of him being the school gym teacher, but kept the short shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brent is like still writing the fame, but he um, also is joined in his adventures by Sam Sparks, who he meets for the first time in the first film. Now I know what you're thinking: How does that work? However, in the first episode of the TV series, um, Sam, which I which I watched, um, and it's the third episode on Netflix. <laughs> um, uh, he goes um, talking to Sam, and they they they. It's the the first episode is a flashback, so it's like it's a prequel, and then it's also a flashback. Um, and they talk about like this. They they had a fight at the science fair or whatever the previous year, and they're like, "Man, why aren't we better friends?" Essentially, and Sam says, "Oh, I like I don't like to settle down because we move so much, and I hate." I don't like to get too attached to people because I know I'm going to have to leave them. And Flint says, if you have to move again, I'll invent a memory eraser so we won't remember each other and you don't have to go through the pain of, um, you know, having to to move on from someone. So that's why. So Sam actually grew up in Swallow Falls and then is, is you know, seemingly fate brought her back. It's incredibly contrived, but I admire the effort. I think it's better than doing something like the Hercules animated series, which is also a prequel, but Hercules knows all the, you know, Hades is in it and shit like that, mm. you know. Well, it's, Hercules is a midquel, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but he still meets Hades after when it's set yeah. in the movie, but in the TV show. Yeah, I'm, it's like, it. it fits the world of Cloudy with a Chance of Meeples too. Yeah, yeah. Um. To, to have an explanation like that because it is, yeah. it's full of meta humor and stuff like that yeah um and it's also just like it's kind of a sweet thing in the show it's not like wink wink yeah, what yeah. if i did that it's just like well what if i did this so you wouldn't have to feel bad mm. are any of the voice actors back uh no no one's back right. um and the new flint is quite annoying um <laughs> oh my god yeah. Uh, all right. What's your continuation for Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? All right. I'm pitching just a third film. It's called Cloudy with a Chance of Meteors. Mm. Um, and take it to space. You know, they the mm. uh, meet the food monsters go off planet, or maybe there's some sort of threat, which means they need to go into space. Um, that's my whole idea. My light bulb is freaking out. Sorry, ignore it. That. It's funny. The, the, so your light bulb freaked out. And like, and had a little extra flash of light. At that exact second, a firework went off outside, and so I was like, "Oh, fireworks are going off!" And in your backyard too, <laughs> in the exact same time, and it created a flash of light because mm. uh, this episode is a sequel to our 101 Dalmatians episode, and and that's uh, recorded the following day plus four, three years. And you also um, four years referenced. 101 Dalmatians. That's why I did it, because I listened to the episode this morning. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff I forgot about 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, how, many, how many Dalmatians do Pongo and Perdita have? 98? No, they have 15. Oh, 
fuck with the other I'd completely forgotten this as a plot point. They have 15 Dalmatians and then Cruella wants to steal the 17 Pongo and Perdita plus their 15 children and then also get enough to make it up to 101. It's not a litter of 101 Dalmatians. Is this in the first, the original one? Yeah, the original animated film. That's Isn't that unreal. What a mind <laughs> And fuck. also that we've seen this movie and covered it on this podcast. <laughs> and don't, but fuck that. That's like a good like pub quiz yeah. question. That like, how many do Pongo and Perdita have? And it's 15 is the answer. Wow. Anyway, Cloudy with a chance of meteors. And if you want, you can spell it M-E-A-T dot 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 e-o-r-s question mark that's the time <laughs> um and yeah i just think i think that you know we so often we used to, since the dawn of this podcast we've joked about sequels in space but this is one where it feels like that's the natural that's actually just the natural mm. progression of the adventure to go from you know suburbia to a jurassic park sort of island and then go to space with it mm. you know yeah all right yeah nice um my sequel is called it's a third film as well it's called cloudy with a chance of meatballs fallen kingdom um and it's about there's uh the the volcano is erupting on swallow falls and so they have to save all the foodimals and the whole thing is like oh do we save the foodimals or do we not they manage to get a bunch of them off the island and then They've got a new um, a new character that, that's along with the, the, the ride with them, mm-hmm. uh, voiced by Daniel Craig. Okay. <laughs> um, who um, lets the foodimals out into the world, revealing that he too <laughs> is a foodimal <laughs> um, and understands what they're going through. Is he a, ha- a hamman? Like a ham human? <laughs> yep. Nice. Uh, so that is that is my continuation of the franchise. Uh, now we've got a few segments left. One of them is very fun, and one of them <laughs> fucking sucks. Um, so we're going to do the one that fucking sucks first. Okay. Um, so um, this is all called uh, ranked at franchise, which um, I have ju- I have noticed that. So, and you might be able to explain this to me. Is it that the There's, numbers are inconsistent? Because I can't. The explain numbers it are to you. inconsistent. I don't know. We're How? missing one. We're missing a franchise on one of the lists. <laughs> is it because we got rid of the Hobbit? Right? Is is the, is it that mm, the Hobbit's it. not on one, it. but it's still on the other? Yeah. So for those that are at a complete loss, on our letterbox we have a couple of lists. Only one of which is relevant, which is ranked at franchise, um, which is where we're gonna you know we rank all the different franchises we've seen. But we've also just got a list of every franchise we've done in order, and the list that's in order is longer than the list that's us ranking or shorter. Mm. And it's I think, longer. It's it's too longer. I I think it might be because of well we need to add this one yeah so it's shorter by two no but i think okay, Cla- yeah. cloudy's added yeah, no, to the compendium yeah 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 yeah. yes and the ranking is shorter by two right so it's still shorter by two even with cloudy by the chance no 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 when we add cloudy to the ranking it'll yeah. be shorter by one and it is the hobbit I it is the, okay uh, yeah, problem so. solved anyway how many franchises have we covered on this podcast uh this is what 140th or 142nd if you oh, <laughs> 
141st if you're counting the Hobbit. Um, okay, which, just delete the which Hobbit. It's from- just a whole fucking thing we don't want to get into. <laughs> no, I'm leaving the Hobbit. I'm going to add the Hobbit back to the, the ranking. <laughs> no, then we have to rank it again. We're going to be here for longer. I uh, said right. I'd call my mum by 8.30 and it's 8.30 now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Hobbit Unexpected Journey is going in at... It's better than... Uh, oh, fuck me. Okay, I've, I've, I've lost it. I scrolled up and I lost it. I actually don't know where the it's Hobbit is. It's wherever it landed, baby. Okay, oh, it's between Look Who's Talking and Machete, right? Um, <laughs> it's not worse than <laughs> Look Who's Talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's lose it again. Okay, it's it's uh, better. Than, it's worse than Transformers. Okay. There we go. And better than The Amazing Spider-Man. No, it's not as good as The Amazing Spider-Man. Or Strictly Boring. All right, there we go. It's uh, 80. Okay. All right. Um, Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Everyone in the Discord just losing their minds that we just casually added the Hobbit back into the ranking. <laughs> oh, they can they can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Except for all of the cult elders who we consider mm, actually part of our on. producer team. All right, so um, Cloudy with a chance of meatballs, this is above the Nymphomaniac Constant, correct? Oh, of Which course. Which is... Um, a, a, you know, movie. The whole other fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we did. Now, where, where is I'm looking for it. Um, we decided that forgetting Sarah Marshall is the highest possible two film franchise at number eighteen. Is it better than better or worse than forgetting Sarah Marshall? As a franchise, I think it probably is. Okay, so this like, is it better than Shrek? No. Okay, sweet. It goes between Shrek and Forgetting Sir Marshall. Sounds Save. Good. Don't. Need, we're done with the. What segment. number's that? What number's that? Uh, that is number eighteen. Wow, the eighteenth best, best franchise. There, there we go. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. There we go. Um, and then so now we've got the three best um two film franchises can be Cloudy, Forgetting Sir Marshall, and Monsters Inc. are all next to each other. That makes sense. Alrighty, so now I'm just going to hurriedly shut Letterboxd, um, excitedly. Fuck off, um, And now so. Um, this is the part where um, sometimes we do franchise roulette, which is where we uh, randomly pick a franchise, which is how we land on Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And sometimes it's Patreon suggested. Um, and so we put out uh, the call for fun Vember franchise fortnights, looking mm-hmm. for fun franchises. And it's like, yeah, I want to know, like share with us the franchises that, you know, you really care about, that you really, mm. the, your rainy day franchises, maybe it's ra- it's coming meatballs. It's coming meatballs <laughs> outside. You and me both, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, you, you the, the, the movies you put on to, to feel good. And um, so we're just, just scrolling through here. Um, we've got things like the Lego movies, which is a great one. Um, How to Chain Your Dragon, Karate Kid, Bill and Ted uh, did quite well. Paddington, you know, classically. Um, mm. Uh, Almost, thing. Um, yeah that's what would come to mind for a lot of people i think mm. um but uh one of the ones that did very well was uh richard and aj get to pick whatever franchise they want oh. um, which was a very kind and um and nice thing to put in there however the winning uh one and something that has never happened before <laughs> very silly um, uh, uh a suggestion from dimitri vigilante uh who said aj's mom gets to pick very funny. So that is why we have referenced your mum a couple of times on the franchise. Yeah. Mum, of course, being American for yeah. mum. So I can you all- say can you say hey mom when you call it? Okay. 
I all I've done is briefed her on what the fun franchise stuff. I didn't I didn't try sway her vote or anything. Mm. So I just said has to be a fun franchise that something we'd enjoy watching, which would mean it's probably not going to be more than five or six films. And she said, yeah. okay. My mum and, and also, does do you not want to listen explain, to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, do you want to explain? Because it was quite funny today when you explain, people are like, well, okay, if your mum's picking a franchise and you say, oh, you know, like a good or a fun franchise, does your mum have good taste in movies? She has no discernment between good taste and bad taste. She will watch Hallmark dramas and then watch Better Call Saul, and I can't detect in the way she talks about these shows whether she considers one better than the other even though one clearly is better like higher quality than the other so then critical soul yeah this could be yeah exactly so this could go either way so i'm calling her now i'm a little late hopefully she won't be mad <laughs> she picks a really unfun franchise <laughs> she won't be able to hear you richard that's yeah, what yeah, saying. I, I understand how the <laughs> technology works i'm calling she's not picking up <laughs> Hey, mum, it's your favourite son, mom. Alex. Mom. Hey, mom. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're alive on, on the Cold Popcher podcast, um, and I've told you, I think, what's going on. Um, and so we've called you. Richard's here too, but you you won't be able to hear him because um, i got hey, headphones. Don't tell her I say hi. What'd you say? I said, hey, Richard. She says, hey, Richard. He doesn't say hi. He specifically told me to tell you he doesn't say hi. Oh, I said hi, not hi. Oh. <laughs> um, Mum, can you give us a fun franchise to watch for the next fortnight? Well, after a lot of thinking, mm-hmm. I reckon that my fun memory comes from indiana jones indiana jones we'll take it thank you very much mum um i'll i'll message you a thank you after i finish recording (laughs) thank you mum i love you bye Wow, Mum making her first appearance on the podcast. I think. Um, there you go. Yeah, because that, that that is that's now all of our parents have appeared on the podcast. Has my dad? Uh you called him on the uh bad mom's daddy's home. Ah, yes, okay. My parents. Fun. There you go. The the quad the the quint the quad the quartet the quartet. Thank you very much. Is complete. <laughs> uh yeah. Okay. Well, Mum says we got to watch Indiana Jones. <laughs> it's the the four Indiana Jones movies. That's right. There is four of them. Leave your fucking joke in the mid. Yeah, there's three Matrix films. There's soon to be four. <laughs> um, there's a live action adaptation of the Last Airbender. I'm sick of this goddamn joke. I hate the joke, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're gonna watch all four Indiana Jones movies, which is good in preparation for the fifth one, which is coming out in about a year. Um, or so. Yeah, I, I, I believe it was recently delayed to 2023 as well. Oh, there you go. And actually, just today. I think uh, a crew member uh, died on set. So, <laughs> sure, we'll talk there about that next week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So next, uh, I mean, this is In a big weeks. deal. This is a big mm. deal. This is yeah. Pretty- um, it, it is funny. Indiana Jones is one of the the franchises tied for second place. <laughs> um, <laughs> it didn't even matter. And also, uh, and also quite close uh, was uh, Richard's dad picks. Um, really? Which um, he. 
Uh, my dad is is a patron and has suggested Indiana Jones in the past, so I think this is this is quite a um, yeah, it makes sense to do this. And also, it, it suits as well that my mum would suggest Indiana Jones because, of course, our surname, my mother and I, is Jones. <laughs> I and I begged her to call my to call my little sister Anna when she was born, and I would raise her to be real Indy, so she could be Indiana Jones. But that didn't happen. <laughs> And now I got to look with, with this. Um, okay, well, that is next fortnight. Tune in for us to talk about the Indiana Jones movies, please. Uh, if you want to have your thoughts known, join the cult elder tier on Patreon, patreon.com slash and jump in our Discord where you'll be given access to the cult elders lounge where you can discuss Indiana Jones with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, and yeah, next week, we're gonna probably going to put out another Patreon sample pack on the main feed. Um, so hopefully people who aren't Patreon are enjoying that um and people who are patrons um hopefully not enjoying you're also enjoying it i guess uh yeah so thank you very much for listening everybody and if you would like to support us on any of the places i would say the big ones that we're pushing right now is instagram and twitter follow us on there at cold popsha you can also email us at culpopshamedia at gmail.com come join the discussion over at the discord which there is a link to in the show notes and come join the cult over at patreon.com slash culpopsha uh where for as little as a dollar a month you can have all sorts of fun rewards i think we give out a pretty good bunch of rewards for your average patreon i think we have a pretty good pretty solid i think it's an above average patreon (laughs) yeah it's uh yeah we're trying to move away from promoting facebook Mm -hmm. um so please uh you follow us on instagram or message us on whatsapp Mm, yeah (laughs) do we We don't want to give any money to facebook Uh, stick around for the post-credit scene too. Yes, um, and thank you for joining us for Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Let us know your favourite meatball in the comments. <laughs>
But the you get so political uh, in the post credit scene, Richard. I do, I do. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't get me started on our government, <laughs> who I've uh, recently really turned a corner on uh, how I feel about. Uh, just you know, since since August, we'll say. But anyway, uh, where was I going? Uh, I do every now and then get like this real fantasy, especially um, inspired by Call Me By Your Name. But my God, the house, the area that they live in in that film is just like, man, it's it's hard not to be like, fuck, it'd be nice to live there. Like just bike into town, um, pick up your bread, your pasta. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, then just... just go back if i had a way to like uh, pirate movies <laughs> or a movie theater like i would still want access to new movies i guess yeah the there's this thing. idea that retirement is like leave all your worries behind and as well as that also all the things you enjoy go live out in the yeah, well exactly yeah right like um i i think if i turn, say I turn 65 and i uh retire officially and i've got a finite uh, like i know when i'm going to die yeah i would maybe kind of like to do it in like a the italian countryside you know and just like just live out my days but it's like if i'm just there and i'm maybe gonna live for like another 25 years yeah probably pretty bored (laughs) (laughs) there you go what about you what about you also inspired by call me by your name when i retire i would like to be eaten alive by army hammer (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 